0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Do we start the show with the Halloween galaxy brain take about how the Monster Mash is a song about people doing the Monster Mash and it's not actually the song that they dance to? Do I blow your mind that way already? You want to get right to it? Is that how you want to start the week? Is that how we want to start it on Halloween? Happy Halloween to everybody! What are you supposed to be? Me? Yeah. Joe, Joe. Okay. Dennis, what are you supposed to be? Uh, I well, after being uh, Bubble Ray Dudley on Saturday, yeah. Uh, today I'm going as a mid thirty single guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that what that looks like? Yeah, it does. Okay. Believe it or not, I know you guys wouldn't know. Yeah. Valid point. Would not know as a forty-three-year-old father of
1: two that's been married for
0: twenty years. Yeah, twenty years.
1: What? Better get that math right, Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out.
1: Anyway, here's
0: another galaxy brain thing to think about: to tank or not to tank. If you're the Carolina Panthers, this is how amazing the NFC South is. The NFC South looks at the Coastal Division in the ACC and goes, "Oh, that's bless your heart, that's cute. Hold my beer. All the cliches. The Carolina Panthers missed two field goals that would have won the game. There was the 48-yard extra point that would have won the game with 16 seconds left to go, but DJ Moore took his helmet off, which is a different debate altogether, and Eddie Pinheiro missed it. Got it. Marcus Mariota was intercepted in overtime, and it was taken back to within field goal range. It was a 33-yard field goal. Missed that kick, which the Atlanta Falcons then turned around and won it with their own, what, a 41-yard field goal. So two missed kicks means that the Carolina Panthers are now in the number two spot for the NFL draft as of today. Had they made one of those field goals, either the 48-yarder extra kick or the 33-yard game winner in overtime, they would be number one in the NFC South. This is how amazing the NFC South is right now. So at, what, 4-4, four and four, the Atlanta Falcons are now in first place of the NFC South. The, the the Brady-led Buccaneers are mired in a mess, and the Panthers are at least entertaining to watch or interesting to watch. Like Probably not entertaining, but interesting to watch at this point in time. And it was interesting to see the things unfold Sunday afternoon in that, man, you should have won that game. There was, like, excitement about possibly winning the game. And you know that gif of Alonzo morning where he's on the bench and he's shaking his head? He looks like he's upset about something, and then there's acceptance? That's kind of what ended up happening after after you got over the disappointment of, man, you should have had that. DJ Moore, what are you thinking? Eddie Pinero, make a freaking kick. And then you go, well. Could get a good draft pick, though. I'd prefer they win than tank. I don't know about you, Joe, but for me, hey, win the games. If you got a chance to win the NFC South with a losing record, do it. If you're Steve Wilkes and the players, you do it. But didn't happen yesterday.
1: What have we learned recently, too, from the NFL about when you lose out and you end up with that top pick, is it is it a sure thing? No. Because look at, look at Trevor Lawrence, the way he's playing right now. And, and the first time I ever saw Trevor Lawrence in person, I would have told you, yep, mm-hmm. I'll take him tomorrow, first pick, no matter what. It Doesn't always come home. Watch C.J. Stroud on, on Saturday. Yes, Ohio State fans. Yeah. Yes, Michigan fans. I watched your teams this weekend on purpose. <laughs> I got really bad news for you. Your league just isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Your teams just aren't that good. They are very good. Please don't get me wrong. They're well coached. But you're not special. You're very ordinary. There's a lot of that. And in college I, this you know year. what? I thought C- I thought C.J. Stroud, who I would have told you after watching the Rose Bowl last year, man, should be the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Look very ordinary. So yeah, but the thing know.
0: is, but but here's the other thing too. To to get back to your original point about the the draft, we really do not know. Uh, we brought this up last week when it's abundantly clear that the 2021 QB draft class that everybody hyped to oblivion, and there's all sorts of reasons why it got hyped up. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence has not panned out, but he's not alone. A lot of those guys have not panned out. But the previous year's class actually has, including Jalen Hurts, who's possibly the MVP. The second round. You, you could get that. Right. So anything, and of course, the key here in all these situations with these quarterbacks that are really thriving right now is that they're around teams that have put those quarterbacks in position to succeed uh, the Jaguars are coming out of the mess that was Urban Meyer. You know, Zach Wilson. Yeah, but he should be better than that. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Zach Wilson is, went back to a pumpkin before Halloween
1: uh, as the Jets lose to the Patriots, which was a little bit. I mean, but, but think about who's really thriving right now. Josh Allen mm-hmm. was the nine pick mm-hmm. in the draft. Mm hmm. Mahomes, mm-hmm. who they tried to back up to get, was the 12th pick, I believe, in the draft. Yeah. The years that they came out. Now, what is the? But what does that tell you? I mean, but what is the consistent? But what's the consistency in these uh, teams? You better have a play caller who's worth his weight in gold. He can work with a quarterback.
0: Mm. Play caller matters. Being aggressive in who you get to take that next step. The Buffalo Bills are able to get over. Home. Buffalo Bills are able to overcome the interception-prone Josh Allen, like we saw last night, uh, because they've got players like Stephon Diggs. You, hey, look, the San Francisco 49ers made a trade for Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have Debo Samuel yesterday. Do you think they needed Christian McCaffrey yesterday? They did. Who threw for a touchdown as well. Hey, I think I saw the stat correctly. Christian McCaffrey threw the longest pass for the 49ers so far this season. If I saw that stat right in terms of air yards and all that stuff. um, That's, an indictment on Jimmy Garoppolo but that's neither here nor there that that was them understanding here's what we needed to do to get better but oh, also on, help Jimmy Garoppolo it, it helped Jimmy Garoppolo and now that they swept the Rams pretty much puts that division in their hands so that's where the Panthers need to go it's not necess- having good draft picks obviously matters but you have to hit on those draft picks and then if you do hit on those draft picks you also have to have the personnel in place and the coaching staff in cool. place to make it work but that's the
1: frustrating thing for the Panthers this year and, man, I, I really hate being a broken record. But now that we see Deontay Foreman be the player that he could be, yep. well, I mean, you signed him to a free agent deal. Yeah, it, it, I would imagine you didn't sign him under the uh, in-case-of-emergency break glass. Mm-hmm. You signed him to use him. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess when they didn't use him mm-hmm. in the preseason, when yeah. they should have used him yeah. and figured out what they had. You know who else all of a sudden it looks like, oh, you know, guess what? He's an all-pro player. DJ Moore. Yeah. Oh, we didn't see him in the preseason. Why not? And now all of a sudden you're seeing these guys and you're going, "Wait a second. They have guys." They always As have I've guys. said, they're not that far away. Yeah, they've always had guys,
0: and the fact that P.J. Walker continues to earn the starting job is hilarious to me. I want more footage. Earn of... the
1: starting job while Taylor Heineke looks like a starter in Washington. He does. I mean, they've had quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I, I love I love watching two top three QB picks on the sideline watching the XFL sure. Mahomes throw amazing longest passes throw to of D.J. The, Moore.
1: Of the, speaking of longest throws of the year, longest throw of the year in the NFL. Speaking of which,
0: the catch by D.J. Moore that tied it up at 34 apiece he takes his helmet off here's dj moore uh, after the game about the td and the penalty that he took by taking off his helmet in sheer excitement because they don't they haven't made plays
1: like that all year That it happened oh it was a spectacular play you know i had dropped the one uh beforehand and you know, i just let it loose so but i gotta understand that there's still time on the clock can't do that you, you sat
2: on the bench for a while after the game, I'm guessing reflecting. What was going through your mind?
1: Uh, what happened, What would happen if I ain't take my helmet off? Like uh, Going back to what happened, you know, that was about it.
0: So that's D.J. Moore on the, uh, on the penalty of taking his helmet off, which put Eddie Pinera in a position where he had to hit an extra point from 48 yards out. I'm glad that D.J. Moore owned that. Hey, man, I can't do that. That's the rule. It's a dumb rule, but he knows he can't do it. And I'm saying this not to t- absolve DJ Moore of taking off his helmet. Again,
1: that's the rule you yeah, got to know better. You can say it. You're but, indoors. Make a freaking make kick, Make a freaking
0: kick, Eddie. <laughs> Piñero? Okay? Like, I can't say the curse word that also goes along with Pinheiro's last name because the FCC will not let me cuss in they Spanish. Won't. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but if you're – and he's he's Cuban. He's Cuban. I'm Cuban. He knows what I'm talking about. You make those kicks. Otherwise, people are going – I can't do it because I get in trouble. Make the freaking kick. All right, 48 yards, maybe that's a tough one. But the 33-yarder to win it in overtime, you got to make the damn kick. At that point, you're in your head. Make the damn kick. Otherwise, they're now the number two pick in the draft as of today. Is it number three? I thought it was number two. Houston keeps losing on you. Oh, damn Houston. Damn it, Houston. <laughs> It's Halloween today. Happy Halloween. We're dressed up as middle-aged dudes who talk on the radio and occasionally can be seen on places like YouTube. Go like the uh, 99.9 The Fan YouTube page. Just look up 99.9 The Fan, and as the kids would say, smash the subscribe button. And If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Positive vibes only. Five stars only. Thank you. Scary vibes though, Jillio. Because you know what happened on Saturday? Scary, pe- pe- getting people in their feelings. Uh, North Carolina did the damn thing. They did. They did do the damn thing. Uh, not a great start for the Tar Heels, but if you've been watching, if you've been watching North Carolina, that's really not the point. It's the second half where things get g- get going for the Tar Heels. Uh, they adjusted. Pitt didn't. It's as simple as that. And that's been kind of North Carolina's mo. Uh, their defense has fully accepted the whole bend, don't break, make a couple stops, play a little complimentary football, let Drake may do his thing, and there you go. The rest is history. North Carolina beats Pitt, and they're essentially, with four games remaining, two games from winning the Coastal Division. They've got Virginia and they got Georgia Tech. They should beat Virginia and Georgia Tech. Wake Forest and North and NC State, that's a different matter entirely. I'm not saying they can't win those games. I probably, I think we all expect, I think we all expect Wake Forest to be a track meet. I think that's what we expect, right? Yes. Okay. And when rivalry games happen, man, hey, look, one thing we know about North Carolina, they're capable of winning any game, but they're also capable of losing any game. And when you throw rivalry dynamics in the boat, and who knows what NC State's playing for at the end of the year? I'm not ready to call that yet for what NC State's playing for. What are they playing for? To ruin North Carolina's season. Right. And that's entirely possible. That's why I do not dismiss these games. So, this is a year that is one year removed from what was supposed to be the special season for the Tar Heels. Right. (laughs) It was all about Sam Howell, the preseason hype, and obviously that did not go their way. It's NC State's turn to play the hyped up season. Things have not turned out the way they thought it would. And then you watch your rival take your lunch money, like what happened at the end of last year. Mac Brown was asked about the special nature of this season so far, where they bounce back from a thorough ass kicking at the hands of Notre Dame and find themselves essentially two games from winning the Coastal Division.
2: Special players make special seasons, and these guys are all, they're just clicking. And it, I, I don't want to be rude about last year's team because there were some great players on that team and great people. For some reason, we, we didn't have that same thing. We, we just couldn't finish at Pitt. Uh, just to think that we we're first in gold at the two with a minute 16 left. I'll never forget that, the, the finish that we didn't do at state. Uh, I mean, those are things that just they, they just drive coaches batty because you're, you're in charge of their mentality and getting them to that point, and and for whatever reason, I missed it last year. And um, the the guys understood with me that that's unacceptable. That's not fair to North Carolina. Not fair to us to work this hard and and not finish games. and And that's what this team is doing.
0: That's Mac Brown, head coach North Carolina, after a nice win against Pitt. I talk about adjustments too. a lot of focus has been on what the defense has been able to prevent from happening. Uh, but credit to North Carolina for saying, you know what, this run game ain't working. Uh, Caleb Hood hurt announced today that he's done for the season. So pass the ball more. Here's Mac Brown uh, with an exchange apparently with Phil Longo. Now, Jillia, I want you to listen to this closely. Is this Mac Brown just talking about what actually happened, or is this Mac Brown as subtweeting Pat Narduzzi, the head coach of Pitt?
2: I'm, I'm a guy that in my younger days would have been mad that we had 86 yards rushing. And instead, I told him at halftime, forget it, man. Go, go do what we need to do to win the game. Let's don't waste plays running the ball if they've got too many in the box. It just it doesn't make sense. That's just being stubborn. And, um, and, and it, 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 it really worked the second half.
0: Or is that Mac Brown not necessarily subtweeting Pat Narduzzi, who insisted on running the ball in the second half, and that's uh, that's a shot over at Tim Beck and, and Dave Dorn at NC State, which gets stubborn about things. And when they're down a couple scores, then they finally open up the playbook. Who, who's Matt
1: Brown subtweeting? That they, would be more likely to be at Narduzzi, though, yeah, in, yeah. instead of uh, engaging in that. Let me just tell you, I, hats off to Phil Longo. I love what they do with Josh Towns. Mm-hmm. And in part, do you want to know why I love what they do with Josh Towns? Not because his dad played at State and he should be at State. No. No, no, no. They use Josh Downs. Phil Longo uses Josh Downs the way that Michael Kane used Tory Holt. They put him in the backfield. They put him in the slot. They put him in motion. They move him around the field. Everybody knows Josh Downs is getting the ball. But mm-hmm. guess what? They find ways to get him, the ball, get him the ball, and he makes plays. It's really amazing. I watched that game Saturday night. That was my biggest takeaway from that. Yes, Drake May. I told you after I saw him at the Duke game. He's a dude. Yeah. All right? Uh, I had him ranked higher than anybody else. And, oh, my God, you're a homer, you're this, you're that. I don't even know what the hell I am anymore with these top 25 votes. All I'm telling you is I know what I see, and I trust what I see. Josh Downs, the way that they had him in the backfield – they had the the second touchdown he scored, they moved him after using him on the screen, which was basically a sweet play to him. Mm-hmm. They moved him to the slot, hit him on the shot down the field. It was a beautifully designed football play. So my hat is off to Phil Longo on what they've been able to do this year, not only with Drake May, but with Josh Downs. About Drake May, there's a lot of
0: folks, and again, it's social media reaction, and a lot of a lot of it is from opposing fans. And they're like, how's he a Heisman candidate? How's he a Heisman candidate? Well, he's putting up numbers. That's how he's a Heisman candidate. He's got 389 total yards per game on average, and he's got 32 touchdowns that he's technically responsible for. ESPN put up this QB comparison over the weekend, and you can't not look at it and go, "Well, yeah, he belongs in the conversation, or at least he should be invited to New York." You look at C.J. Stroud, who we talked about at the beginning of the show. He's got 297. 297- say,
1: just watch the games. Watch the games. Just watch them.
0: Well, we'll get to that in a second. 297 yards um, per game. 29. 29- TDs that he's responsible for. And you got Bryce Young at Alabama, where Drake May could have gone, 292 yards per game, responsible for for 21 touchdowns. So sheer numbers alone, Drake May absolutely belongs in the conversation. Now it gets to the level of competition. You can only play who you can play. And I know that really leads into lots of conversation about why divisions suck. I get it. But ESPN's David Hale did a blind comparison between North Carolina and Southern Cal. They're essentially the same team, Southern Cal and UNC. Both have one loss to a preseason top 10. We know how Notre Dame's season is gone after they kicked North Carolina's ass. They basically have the same strength of record. If you're not familiar with the strength of record, it is a measure of a team's accomplishment based on how difficult a team's win-loss record is to achieve. They're 14th. I want to say Southern Cal is at like 10. UNC has four road wins, one win against the FPI top 50. That's... The FPI is essentially ESPN's Ken Palm for football. It's a predictive measure. Is it Duke? I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> and then they're number three in total QBR. Now, their win percentage of their opponents isn't great, and their defense isn't great either. But that's not the point. There's a lot of teams like North Carolina. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And that's when you start going into laundry. That's why Ohio State gets discussed the way they get discussed. Why Southern Cal, everybody's in love with Lincoln Riley, what they're doing there. And with QB numbers, again, just said it. He absolutely has entered the chat when it comes to a Heisman conversation. Don't dismiss it because you don't like North Carolina. It's real simple. Don't dismiss it. Those numbers cannot be dismissed. The real question for North Carolina going forward is, you're going to represent the Coastal unless you really crap the bed. The question is, on the basis of they can win any game and they can lose any game, can they truly hang with Clemson in, uh, in an ACC championship game? Absolutely. You think they can win? Absolutely. I don't know, man. The the problem is the last time they faced a team with a front like that, it was Notre Dame. There has to be a huge level improvement to get on a team like Clemson. And I get that's where people from the Atlantic have a problem with what North Carolina is doing. Because when you look at the Atlantic, there are better teams there. North Carolina hasn't faced those teams yet, although they'll have a chance when they see Wake Forest here soon.